good afternoon, good night. This is another episode of Downtown, and this Downtown K. Hope you're having a great week. Um, today, I bring you a special guest from across the border. You know, he's doing his thing. He's definitely chasing the crowd and chasing excellence and just doing greatness and being a positive influence to his surroundings. And that's what we're all about. Downtown, don't waste no time with negativity. Today we have the Ambition 1706. What's happening? I am doing good. It's a beautiful sunny day. Um, it was free slurpy day here in America. I know. You know <laughs> so I'm um I I I got my free slurpy, you know, and then my, my father can't have slurpy, so we want him to pick up some extra slurpees so we can game the system. And it was amazing. <laughs> love it. I love it all. I love it all. What flavor Slurpee was it? Um, I mean, I just did basic today. I just got cherry. I didn't do anything too ambitious. Mm. Ah. <laughs> I hear you. Chase the Crown. I really do enjoy the EP. It's a great, great work of art. Um, my, I have some favorite tracks on there. You know, Drowning is one of my tracks on there and loving me right that's another track that i like you know connect with more even though every track is just telling its own story um chasing the crown what led you to even that title for your ep well i'm a huge uh prince fan but um i'm, I'm not a huge prince fan in the terms of oh i know every song i'm a i'm just a, a huge prince fan, prince fan in terms of as a songwriter and producer, I looked up. I really looked up to him. Okay. I also realized really on that the only Michael Jackson dance I could ever do was the moonwalk. So I realized <laughs> that I had to choose my uh, my heroes wisely. But um, <laughs> I really um, fell in love with Prince and his sound and what he and his movement, what he was doing um, when I was a kid. And one, you know, one of my favorite comic book characters is Batman. And as you know, like. You know, for the, the first Batman, you know, he did the soundtrack, the Tim Burton Batman. That's and, you know, one of the big songs on there was Party Man. And he did this interview and, so, you know, it was like, Party Man, Party Man. And it's a really dope song. And it sounds kind of simple but really awesome. But then he was, like, breaking down the bass line. And the, and the bass line was some crazy nastiness he was playing on the on the, on the bass guitar. And I was like... This guy's a monster. <laughs> I just I want to get there, so um, I called the project Chase the Crown because not that I think that I'm the next prince or that there's going to be another prince, but I really wanted to chase chase after that level of like black excellence. You know, it, definitely that I felt I could relate. You know, the way that he kind of was like Ray Charles by you know manipulating you know gospel songs into, you know, pop music, the way that he was able to use his funk roots and stuff like that, the fact that he's multifaceted. I don't know if you've ever seen him play basketball. Like, he's, you know, amazing. No, I but I, I have heard, like, read stories that he could, like, ball and stuff like that. Well, you know, if you want to check my gram, you know, at the underscore ambition underscore 1706, I put up a nice little montage of him, you know, spinning the basketball in the spring and doing a shot in one of his concerts. I want to so, look you know, at that. Yeah, I made a really big funny meme about the fact that, you know, maybe 
LeBron should have just hired, you know, Princess Olaf should have just hired him, you know, and they might have done better against the Golden State. But <laughs> that was just me. But that's also chasing the crown because everybody knows that Prince level of shade was legendary. So it was legendary, like legendary. You know, and it's great. Um, chasing the crown. Let's get into it. So one of the tracks, and I'm I'm not sure if that was a single off of it, but it was um come a, come alive. Um, yeah. So well, yeah. Go on. No, you go on. It's your record. Your record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to tell me what you liked about it. But, um, yeah, so... um, I could, I can. <laughs> so, Chase the Crown, for me, was my was my defining moment where I realized I could do an EP by myself. Um, I'm a songwriter. I'm a producer. I've had the opportunity of working, you know, with major labels, signed acts, independent acts. And I'm just on the grind. I'm not saying that I'm on like that. It's just... I, I just believe in a belief, yes, and there's a, a study work ethic, which a lot of people just don't have. And um, I just went in, we were supposed to cut a record just for something else for fun. And I had my boy, Ali K, from Turkey, he's an amazing guitarist. He actually even, like, played a Prince song for, you know, on guitar for his wife on his wedding day, which was amazing. And, you know, we just came in and put this song together. So I had all these guitar riffs, and I started producing this track on the way to Black and White Studios. And someone canceled. They were in there coming. So I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to do a song. And it just came together so amazingly. I was it like, came you know, because um, <laughs> it did. And, you know, and I had some people, especially like my fiance, tell me, like, yo, you should just drop an EP, you know, executive producer, so people let you, can, you know, you can let people know what you can do. And but I was kind of weary because, you know, it's hard getting people in their schedules and mm-hmm. people pull out of songs and, and getting all the paperwork together. And I did that song, and I was like, oh, I can really do this. And, you know, the song's really based on the fact is I, I really kind of had this concept of, like, Raphael Sadiq or Prince was kind of sitting in the studio with, like, Nerd, you know, or something like that, and, and, and really had to make a great song. And uh, that's kind of how it all kind of came together, you know, and it's got that 90s flair, you know, of the really great, you know, um, guitar bridge and stuff like that. And I just wanted to kind of bring back a little bit of that new Jack swing sound to, um, to you know, to R&B and pop music, but, you know, a bit more authentically and stuff like that. So that's kind of what kind of set me down my mission. And, you know, like, you know, like Prince, like Raphael Sadiq, you know, I have a really yeah. unique voice. Love Raphael Sadiq, ball. like love. Yeah, and, oh and what gosh. let me know that maybe this might work is I posted the song a couple of times, you know, and I tagged him and stuff like that, and then I was in my inbox one day, and he liked the song, so I was like on Instagram. So, you know, I had a good 24 hours where nobody could tell me nothing. But, <laughs> you know, but what ended up happening was I was like, you know, maybe I can really do this, and this was right around the time I started doing my uh my music program because I work with minority students teaching them STEM through music, you That's know, beautiful. teaching about the music business industry and um and really just a big thing for especially black and Hispanic, you know, and African students is that, you know, owning your own intellectual property is one of the vehicles towards wealth. And that's something that a lot of people that look yeah. like us don't have. And by kickstarting it, you know, it really made me think of how I started putting songs together because I was going to really just go through a real R&B kind of mode and go all Keith Sweat or something with it or, you know, Drake <laughs> with it and say whatever. 
and I really was inspired by my students who were really dropping Kendrick Lamar-level stuff to my police brutality, yeah. you know, equality, you know, race in America. And I was like, yo, I really would undervalue my female students just dropping a song about whatever, you know, about drop that thing down to the floor. Like, sure. so I really started crafting these songs, and that was the first song where the really biggest thing that you know is about Come Alive in the nighttime, it's about that relationship. It's about that vibe with a person um, when you're alone with them at night, but I never describe how she looks. There's no physical description. And that was important Why? for me because a lot of songs describe women and kind of pigeonhole them like, well, you have to be this. You got to be five, five, brown eyes. You know, you got to mm-hmm. be thick. You got to be all these different things. And it's just, I just wanted to write a great song that anybody could just get into and just feel like, any girl that yeah. listens to the song, I'm just talking about them, and they don't have to compromise any part of themselves. As a woman, know, I appreciate that, song. that. I appreciate yeah. that because a lot of people, not saying I'm not in, enjoying Lloyd's, is she fine, two or five, two, we can have that debate. But, you know, like, tracks like that, and, like, people want to fit into this box, and here is someone else taking a different perspective and changing one key aspect of your songwriting process and the words you're choosing to use, and just that alone changes, like, so much without people yeah. even realizing, and that's really important. Um, the next record, you know, or one of my favorites, you know, Drowning, um, in my opinion, I loved it because I've, I feel like I connected to it in the sense where you're just kind of, like, so engulfed or whatever the case is and you're just drowning in this love you're drowning in this love like how would you what was your inspiration for that song or what did you want that track to mean drowning well i mean i think you kind of hit the nail on the uh on the coffin but it was just um yeah i, I want to just explore what it's like to really just be addicted to someone to really just be so caught up in a person. And I thought that the best way to describe that would be to kind of imagine if someone's bed, you know, was waters that were, like, pulling you down, you know, because, you know, toss sheets and stuff like that, they they give you the imagery of a swirling ocean. That's why I use uh, Skiller and Charybdis, you know, kind of that rock in a hard place, but that kind of being trapped in how you get embroiled with someone. And I really wanted to talk about that kind of tension without over-sexualizing it. You know, it's yeah. like you get that the concept that I'm, I'm really actually talking about a bed. I'm not talking about water, but I didn't want it to come off as raunchy. I really wanted to just really talk about that being lost in a person and so it's it's really just funny. I made that song while I was in the mall. I was, you know, <laughs> really. Yes, I was. Um, I ordered what some mall Wendy's. Is it? There's a mall in Albany. I was waiting for my fiance to take care of some stuff, and it was going to be there for a while. And I had all my stuff with me, and I literally just pulled out a laptop. I pulled out my Kai keyboard, my interface. <laughs> And just and it basically the uh the colony mall it's like you can um has these really big windows plug my joint in and I I went to splice dot com I pulled some really cool samples and originally splice I was really thing. just trying to, yeah it's it's a real thing and and uh you know I I got in early and stuff like that 
Um, and I like, and I really was trying to actually like really just take my time and really do a really just a cool pop track. That's what I was really trying to do. I just wanted to do a gritty pop track and I got this concept of drowning. And after I cut everything out, I, you know, I later on, um, I, I hit up my friend, Mallory Hunter. She's one of the stars of my video, but she cries in the night, night time. And I sampled her voice and added her into it. Um, on top of the other samples and stuff like that. And I really, you know, I did these really deep, um, dark um, R&B harmonies that were really tight. And it just really came out this really great record. And we really vocally produced it. And what I mean by really vocally produced it, it wasn't like we just put hella audio. I loved audition. it. I felt like I was actually, like, floating. That's, yeah, that's but what we wanted to get. So we did a lot. So me and my engineer, um, is that we just, like... We did a lot of crazy stuff. This part of the like where I was like screaming into the mic, and we just and and all these different R&B layers <laughs> and vocal layers and textures, different effects to really to kind of even kind of bring back that bow quarter sound of Teddy Riley, which is another one of my um my heroes, you know, to kind of bring that into it. And then we just got this really great hook. And then what I did because I did so much, so I was like, yo, I was like, well, how can I I make this just a little appealing? Because I really did a lot and putting this chorus together. So I was like, I kind of took a little bit of a, a, a Drake approach, a little bit of a, a weekend approach in terms of the verses and, and the rap part at the end because I just wanted to make it a bit more digestible because yeah. if you listen to all the chops of the samples, it's like, you know, the only, like, there's a lot of it, like, parts I played was, like, the piano and yeah. the bass line, but I spent majority of time in just anytime you have a sample or a part, whether it's words, it's there's like even the even parts of the sounds are me just chopping up and, and really editing words and turning them into chords and different things like that. Throughout that's a the lot track. of skill. It's a lot of skill. Yeah, and, and, and that's why I like to say that I'm a producer. I'm not a beat maker. You know, I I really sit there like you know you hear a chop and I'm thinking like in my mind I'm like yo how would DJ Premier chop this? You know, how would Pete Rock chop this? You know, how would Timbaland freak this? How would, you know, how would Swiss Beats, you know, flip this? How would Havoc flip this? Like, how can I really do that? So, you know, I, I hope that maybe, especially if someone like a Havoc would listen, listen to Drowning, if someone, you know, like on that level, even Alchemist listen to it, be like, yo, we appreciate the chops that you put into this song. Jeez, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, so it, it has that kind of Drake kind of vibe too. Because I just wanted to kind of, I wanted to, I wanted to modernize a little bit. And I know I did so much work. I felt like if I just fully went on singing through the record, I felt like I might have lost people. So you know, and one of the big things about being a songwriter producer is, you know, is making things palpable for your audience. Definitely. You know, so yeah, and like I said, the, the biggest part of uh, another part of this project is I really wanted to just show what I could do as a songwriter producer. So I, I felt like drowning I all the. Oh, I listened on. to a, um, a podcast the other day. I'm a big podcast fan. How ironic, because I have this podcast. Mm-hmm. But um, it was it was actually it was Oprah Super Soul conversations, and she was talking to. I'm so sorry, I forgot the gentleman's name, but it was in regards to conscious eating, and he also grazed upon the fact is music and music is supposed to be like um like this journey right whether you're telling an actual story but people like to feel humans naturally like to feel the journey the roller coaster in a sense 
almost like even when you're writing, you're writing a play, et cetera. It's the same as like writing music. And then on top of that, now you're writing music with sound as well, you know? Yeah. And you're doing all that in one. How do you find that? Like, how is that experience um, for you? Well, uh, my music teacher um, at the end of middle school, um, one of the things that he said that he kind of admired about me, he was, and this, this guy was really a beast, um, but one of the things that he said that he admired about me, he just felt that I could hear everything in my head, and I just kind of, that's kind of um, my thing, like, I kind of like I I hear these things of where I want to get to. I hear these harmonies where I want to get to, and I kind of just, um, you know, follow I the trail. Go crazy, yeah, I, yeah. I kind of just go crazy trying to get there, you know. So that's kind of like what I am. Genius and crazy. <laughs> no, for sure it is. But like I'm just relentless to getting to this place that a record meets what I hear in my head. And um, that's a really big thing for me. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just, I'm embattled. And that's why I, sometimes I don't even like to sing because it's not just much I have a perfect pitch, but it's just go in my head. I know where I wanted these notes to fall. And I just like, I sometimes I don't even feel like I got there. So, you know, it, it's I like to think that I just I, that perfectionism lies in my records to really get things there. And I felt like Drowning was that crowning achievement of going, like, I can really craft a record. But ironically, it's not my favorite song, but it's a song that everybody tells me. is like, yo, that's the one. So I'm just Don't you like, hate that oh. as an artist? Because I know I've heard artists say that before. It's like, they connect with this record, but everyone's gravitating towards, like, this record, you know? I'm not an artist, but for me, it was kind of like even when I watched um, Drake um, before he dropped Scorpion, you know, he had scary hours, and that encompassed um, diplomatic community and God's plan. And I've seen everyone gravitating towards God's plan. Great. I get the message. I get the video. Everything was amazing, um, you know, but I loved diplomatic community. I was like, this track is fucking fire like how are bands making god's plan platinum and not diplomatic community well you know everybody has things that they can relate to i think he went to a concert i I mean i like to see that it was a brother you know out there handing out money to people that needed it you know um, but i'm saying in the sense where you're like okay you're going through this whole process in the studio and obviously you're going to connect with some records or have different vibes or energies for different records as you're creating. And then now comes your finish line where, boom, you have the track that you really correspond with, and then, boom, drowning. Well, you know what it is? I kind of look at I look back at, like, Aaliyah. I think she's the best way. Because most people don't realize that more than a woman was supposed to be the next video up. That's why it was already in the can when it was like, oh, we have this, this yeah. last video from her. Yeah. But... As far as I understand it to be, you know, like how 97 was playing Rock the Boat, and that was a song that everybody liked. They were. You just have to give people the fans what they like, you know, and if that's a song, if everybody loves Drowning, you know, I, you know, that is, you know, that's amazing. And you, and you just really accept it. I mean, it's it's better than people being like, yo, your whole project was trash. Yeah. And, you know, especially <laughs> if you're a New Yorker, someone's going dead ass, 
be yeah. just take your NPC and take your computer, <laughs> chuck it down the stairs and stop. Like, you know, it's, it, if, that, if people fight you tooth and nail and go, I hear what you're saying, but what you did on this song is crazy, I think that's the biggest compliment. When someone wants to stand and be like, yo, I know you did all these songs, but this is it. This is the one that speaks to me, then I think you've done your job. Legit. Legit. Okay, so we're getting into a very, not that the rest of the records weren't special, but a very special record because it touches on a lot of what I'm even seeing in social media right now, which is domestic violence. And She Cries at Night is such a beautiful record. Honestly, if I were to just not look at, like, the social media and just listen to the record, I still felt like, damn. <laughs> like, you know, you're singing, and you're like, jeez, but you're still, like, damn, like, you know, it's and the fact that people, yo, you actually yeah. sound like you were crying, but not in a corny way. I was just like, damn, she does cry. Like, I really, you know, and I'm just going to let you talk about She Cries at Night. Like, how did you come up with that concept, the people involved? Why choose that message? It's very touchy. You're a black male where a lot of the times it's stigmatized that that's what you do. So that record actually came out of the fact is I really did want to make a Prince record. I was like, I, I kind of already knew once I started working on this project that the name was going to be Chase the Crown. And what happened was, so, you know, I was like, I did a baseline. And then I wanted it to sound a certain way, so then I chopped up the bass line. And then I started adding chords to it. And um, I was really getting this sound. And I, I, I felt like I, I started getting there, and I was like, all right, I'm going to do the high voice. Because, you know, you know what, I wanted, what I wanted for the song was, um, I love, like, Chili E's The Fabulous Life, produced by Prince. Mm-hmm. And then I also love Computer. You know, and I was like, yo, how can I, like, blind, blind, you know, blend these songs and do it? And then um, as I was kind of just putting ideas together, I really didn't like what I was coming back. I felt a little fake because I was like, one, I don't talk a certain type of way. If you know me, <laughs> there's just things like, I, you know, do I say things for shit singles? Yeah. But, like, there's just things I really, you know, I would never say. And I was mm-hmm. like, I didn't want to be fake. And I was like, well, what can I really say with this song? And, you know, once again, the, the concept of my students came back up. And I was like, let's talk about something real. She does cry at night. Like, why do we have to go through this? Domestic violence is, like, not a joke. And it's unfortunately being brought to light and in the media even more and more. And it's crazy just, like, I don't know, it drives humans to get to that other point unless, like, no, not an unless, but, you know, just that. I'll leave it at that. She cries at night. What? What made you come up with that record? Like, why? It's such a touchy subject. Well, originally, I just really wanted to create a Prince-style song. Um, you know, one of my uh, favorite Prince songs is one of the songs that he did for uh, Sheila E. called The Fabulous Life. I just, something about how you put together The Fabulous Life, I just love that song. <laughs> and then another big song, was one of my favorite was um, Computer Love. So I had this whole kind of thing set up. It was going to be this whole oh, yeah. sexual this really sexy, sensual song. And, you know, I um, I did a bass line, and then I was like, you know, it could be, it needs to be tighter, so I chopped it up. 
and I, I, I threw my chords on it and everything like that. And I was really putting it together. I was like, yo, it's going to be this Prince song. And I was like, I was starting to put together like um, lyrics. And I was like, yo, that's not me. It really wasn't. And, you know, to take it back to my students, I really had to think about, I was like, yo, I, there's just certain things like, you know, like, even though like, you know, songs like Drowning, there are more, they have more adult themes. I was like, I, I really got to think about like, who I'm teaching, you know, my, at the time, my students from the Bronx, so they've been like, yo, teacher, you fake, you know, just, you know? <laughs> and I, I really, and I was like, I really thought I was like, what's something real that I can really talk about? And I was like, yo, what if I really take this really great record and I talk about something real? I was like, let's talk about domestic violence. I was like, let's, let's really go there and let's not do it in a, you know, heal the world, save the children yeah. kind of way. Let's like, yeah. we'll make a real record. Yeah and talk about it in the same falsetto and the same, every part of it that I kind of wanted to add to it, you know, let's, but let's build it around something real. And then that's what I, I did. And then, you know, I linked up with my boys from college, Amaze Beats, you know, he helped me um, tidy up the drums on it and arrange the song and my, and my guitars yeah. and stuff like that and really helped me craft a great record. And then I went to my boy Cynical, who's a dope producer and, you know, engineer and MC, he's lit. Like, if you ever get a chance, <laughs> um, Cynical Returns on um, on Instagram. Yo, know, his, yeah. uh, you know, his, his remixes on, like, Colin Kaepernick and stuff like that. And Icon are real dope. He's a real positive brother like me. You know, he works with minority students, teaching them. You know, definitely um, have to send them for my way. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I definitely, um, you know, teaching them engineering and just the yeah. power of music. He's one, like, a... Uh, you know, he's like nominated for like a daytime Emmy for it. So it's just like, you know, it, it, yeah. So it was really great to sit with another positive brother um, and uh, work on this song. And it just all kind of came together. And then what happened was, you know, the same people that came in um, from News 12, that kind of like, they came to talk about my music program, talked with the song, really liked it. Did, we did a whole interview around it. And then, so that went up, you know, that went up, and that was amazing. And then ABC, I would do seven, hit me up in the middle of the day while I was at work teaching. was like, yo, we love the song. Can we talk to you? So that That's happened amazing. in the same day. Then, you know, went up on some other DJs' websites, and it just kind of kind of spiraled. And it was crazy, and it was just like, I didn't even expect it to go that far, but ended up having to throw the song on YouTube just so it can be available. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, it was just a, a That's lot. That's amazing. You know, and, first... you know, I really love the video as well, like you guys. And I know that you guys aren't even just doing it for music. You're actually donating and giving back to those. Yeah, so please, everybody, you know, go to GoFundMe, look up, um, you know, Chicago Night, you know, Sanctuaries for Families. You know, we're raising money for this uh, company called uh, Sanctuaries for Families. They're a sanctuary network in New York, and they have a special program just for women who are survivors of domestic violence, you know, kind of take them in, get them back on their feet. So, you know, even um, ABC News, uh, somebody did the interview with the director, and she's just, uh, really just happy that man was talking about this, and it just kind of spirals everything. And at that point, I was like, oh, crap, now I got to get this whole EP together because I didn't even expect favor like that. And it just, you know, so I just really had to start pushing it. But um, I think that was my favorite song because I was like, I really wanted to know if I could do a Prince-style record. And I was like, and I was able to, but I was able to do something positive with it. And I think that I felt like that was beautiful. I got a lot of blessings. 
because Beautiful. I did the right thing with the song. I think but that yeah. the song would have been popped. It would have popped if, no matter what I would have said. But I think that I I got the blessings because I really talked about something real, and I really cemented where the rest of the project yeah was gonna go. It's beautiful, and you know, thank you. And I know, like, this is something that just needs to continue. Chase Cow is a great project, but I know the ambition. Seventeen oh six. Like, can we be looking forward to anything else from you? Well, um, I want everybody definitely check out. You know, I, go, please go to um to Spotify, Chase the Crown, yes, the Space Ambition seventeen oh six. Um, I you know, loving you right is, is also on the project. I did that with a great singer from South Africa, um, called Demi Harris. She's from a group called um, Demoni Music. They're really popping in Africa. I sent her this really like kind of churchy style piano beat. Um, they kind of that reminiscent of like those Tupac kind of songs, and she really came up with this really great concept. And then we just kind of really freaked a really great song. I threw all the '90s high, you know, R&B in there like Silk, and we just kind of Beautiful. went for it, yeah. You know, and um, you know, to round out the project. But then, you know, I want everybody to stay tuned because part two, episode two of of Chase the Crown is going to be coming out later in the summer. We got some more music videos and stuff for you. Please head to my YouTube. There's visuals for a lot of the songs on there. And what you're going to see is by the time that we're said and done, there's going to be visuals and pieces for a lot of different things on the project. You know, I don't got the lemonade budget, but, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I really wanted I to really you. tell a story. You still have to work. You still be- have to work. Because, yeah, the big part of this record is I want to really discuss how women are, are marginalized in society and basically either through the songs or the visuals with the songs, we're going to really discuss that. And I was, I felt like I had a burden, a burden because R&B, pop music, it's like it's for women, and I wanted to play positive songs. Like, you know, one of the big things, my niece, she heard, she, she saw the video she caught the night, and my first reaction was to freak out because I'm like, yo, she's only like 10, and she's sure. seen this video. But they know. You they know. know what's going on. But she was like, wow, you know, Uncle Nick, I saw your record, and I saw your video, I mean, and I loved it. And I was like, you know, I felt good because I was like, my niece could watch my music video, and now I'd be like, oh, crap, my brother's going to, like, put his foot through my face because she saw something she wasn't supposed to see. Like, I can feel confident, like, that the women in my life can listen to my music and it not be contrary to who I am, how I am as a teacher. And I just kind of wanted to kind of kick off that kind of movement, you know. So even when she cries at night, it was directed by a woman. All the actresses, you know, they did their own wardrobe and picked out what they wanted. They helped me put the storyline together. You know, I had some, like, oh, some fantastic women, like um, um, my friends Nadine and Monty helped me put together all the peripherals for the project. Um, the director, Jay, she killed it. Um, you know, uh, some of my other great friends, like, you know, they're all popping. Like, they've all been on shows on networks, Netflix, or popping as, like, as, you know, as, as models and stuff like that. So, Jacenia Vice, mm-hmm. Mallory Hunter, um, you know, Kiala, uh, Kiala Foy, she's amazing. You know, um, my other friend, Rise, uh, um, Rise Powell, let me start that. My other friend, Rise Powell. You know, who's like done a bunch of shows on Netflix and modeling and stuff like that. She's done a Sephora campaign. We've done a lot of work together on a couple of projects for the, for, and they all just came and donated their time. And I really wanted to showcase women as, as bosses, as actresses, as forces, not just a hot chick that's going to sell my video. 
That's right. You know, so I didn't just go get a bunch of, like, Instagram models. Like, I got everybody that's in my projects. They all got credits to their name and stuff like that, and that was important. They've all got movement and grinds that they're doing. You've seen them on TV. You know, their records are out and stuff like that. They're all doing well. And I, I wanted to make sure that I brought in beautiful women that were my peers, yeah. not just I can be your accessory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, that's something that is of influence, and that is something that definitely people need to see and hear, and that is you're not wasting time with negativity. The Ambition 1706, I'd like to ask you, what is a way that you don't waste no time with negativity? Well, what I've learned, to is is replace negativity with things that help you build yourself. So instead of just really getting in the, when people are gossiping and just getting into just trifling foolishness, I take that time away and was like, well, let me go on the waves.com website and study how to mix down my beats better. You know, let me go practice. Let me go, hey, we got to do we got to do a song for church. Let's go work on that. Like I just started removing myself from a lot of the drama that people were just into and feeding into it and talking about that stuff and just kind of took my time into educational pursuits so I can be a better musician. Are you currently signed or are you independent? I'm independent. Um, My goal is just I really want to write for a lot of these great people that I hear on the radio. I I really have no ha-ha ambition to compete with them. I just want to work with all these great people. And I really hope that, especially with the second half of Chase the Crown, that I really show off my skills as a songwriter, as a producer, as a ranger, as an executive producer, to really, you know, to get the attention of people that I want to work with, to get the attention of more clients. Like, I love doing this. You know, okay. um, you know, like a couple of years back, you know, I, I got my first music to, um, kind of department and stuff like that, and I and I hit the small moment. I was like, I was like a year in, and I was a little bummed because you know I, I had a deal <laughs> I was working on and it didn't go through. And then you know I was looking around. I was like, yo, I'm low key blessed. I'm like, I'm a working musician. I was because like, I looked like because I had a lot of stuff to do in a week, and I was like, yo, I'm a working musician. Okay. I didn't do nothing in this last like these last couple of weeks for work on music. I was like, I'm going to go teach music. I got paid studio sessions to, you know, to work with some people in the studio. I was, you know, I was, you know, I, I, I was working on some stuff for me, you know, and then I was like, yo, I was like, and then I was like, and then I had to do a vocal lesson for someone. And it was just like, and it was like just jamming all this stuff in, you know, and, you know, I, I do some consulting. So, you know, we went on meetings and stuff like that with some of the people I work with. And I was like, yo, everything I did. I had to do music. Every cash I checked came from me playing an instrument, putting an instrument in someone's kid, or getting the bag so we could keep doing music. And I was like, I'm blessed. And you have to just take that moment in and be like, you know, because everybody's like grinding and stuff like that because, you know, because, you know, when they, they want to have the flashy car and the high-rise penthouse, and that's not what it's about. It's about what you can offer to the music in the industry, like, people can tell when you're out here just trying to get a bag, like, just because that's that's all you have to offer, like, when you're not really trying to build the genre. And, um, you know, and I realized, like, that's the place that I'm in, you know? Okay. So it's, I, I, I want, I want, and I want someone to see me and be like, yo, what is this kid on? I need to step up the game more. <laughs> this kid's a problem. Maybe see I need that to motivation. Find him. 
Yeah, like, so you know, the thing. that you could tell, um, you know, artists or engineers or executive producers, producers, beat makers, some, a message or a word of advice, what is something that you would tell them? Yo, study. Study. That is the big, that is the big thing. Please study. Do not be an idiot out here getting your first meeting or going around all these music industry people that are your heroes or that you want to sign you and you don't know nothing about the business or you don't know nothing about your craft. Like it's disheartening. Like, you know, we come from a time when Lil Richard was then only getting a fourth of a penny for a record. You know, and now, you know, you have black executives at, like, Sony ATV Publishing, like, you know, fostering new talent and people that look like us. And I'm just like, yo, show, show, yo, show some appreciation for that and learn okay. about your craft. It's not like, you know, chilling my people's, you know, yada, yada, da, 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 da. Like, yo, go learn about your stuff. Like, it's too many people that's out there that's, like, 28, 29. You know, actually, I take that back. It's too many people out there. With a phone 20. and access, it, that are just with a phone and access to the internet, dead ass eighteen, and don't know nothing about the industry. Like you can't go Google and start just learning stuff, you know. And I and I think that like people, you know, it, it's cool. Like it, hey, go rock with your peers, go learn from people. Nothing wrong with that, but like yo, go learn because there's just certain things that if you knew going in. Yeah, I'm not saying not to have a lawyer, not have a manager or advisor. But, yeah, it's just like knowledge is your greatest weapon. You don't want to sit up there and be, you know, and get a chance to work with your idol and you falling apart because you've never had to deal with a situation before. You don't want to walk in there into a situation where you say a bunch of dumb things and be like, oh, you're the dumbest person in the room, so everybody's clocking on how they're going to get over on you. Uh-huh. Legit. That's some serious keys. Yeah, so knowledge knowledge is everything and people will respect you and they you get that opportunity one day to sit in front of Diddy and not that you pompous, but you just you're confident in your yo, know, I studied this, I know what I'm talking about. People like that can respect you. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm dealing with a business town. I am dealing with someone who understands the craft. I can trust you with more. I can build with you because you know what it is. So education is everything. And plus, even in that pursuit of education, it's going to start putting you around the people, not even just like preparing you for the people that you need to be around, but I do believe that education and that that pursuit of excellence is going to start putting you around the people that you want to know. Because along the way, you're going to meet people that think that you're dope. And because you are building your craft, because you're building your brand, that those doors are going to start opening. People are going to want to bring you. When people know that you can have an intellectual conversation about, hey, I think this is a really great way to mix a record, or, hey, you know, I feel like I know you want to offer me this kind of deal, but I'd rather take this because, you know, maybe I'm still growing, whatever, they feel more confident that you're just going to sit there and go, bye, <laughs> Yo, like, nobody wants to take anybody to me who's going to be popping off. You don't know me. There's, a, there's so many great you have to move voices. Accordingly. Yeah, there's so many great voices, and especially even in hip-hop, that went back to jail because they couldn't rectify that their dreams came true, and they need to start studying and learning and prepare for the change. 
have you to know, prepare for the change. So thank yeah. you. And, you know, all those keys, I hope you had your notepads out and you were just getting all that because that is like the mantra of downtown. Don't waste Wait, can we? And can I add one last thing before we go? Of course. Can we add one last thing? To all my ladies out there, stop chasing all the booty models of Instagram, all the chicks that think that the only way that they can get on is using their body and stuff like that, and be like all those boys and those knucklehead boys that chase because all they want to do is be in the studio, be in class, be with their boys and build their brand. That's what you need to do. You know, you want to be in this industry and stuff like that, take classes on business, on music business, on music law, on engineering, learn how to play the piano. Like, yeah. go build your brand. Get with a couple of your friends, even if you are pretty, and, and shout each other. Build each other up as a sisterhood so you all get those views and likes that you need showing off your talent, not your assets, so you can get on. Very, very true. It's going to be a very small world for these chicks when all the girls that they're stuck in they're stuck in their in 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 their pride and their intelligence and, and and their ability to market themselves and build their brand who come in there as moguls, not just as a first lady, but as moguls. As people who like actually like yo who organized their group and really built a business, they're going to edge out all these other chicks that need I hate to say they need a man to put them on. Right? Don't be discouraged. And it shouldn't be that mind frame. It it shouldn't shouldn't be that mind frame at all. Like Trust me, one of the dopest engineers on the planet was Princess Princess Engineer. She's a woman. She got like no social media, but everybody in in the industry knows who she is. Prince trusted her with how many albums? To get his his style, we're talking about Prince trusted her. Like, be that person. There's gonna be a point in the industry where who are they gonna trust more with a budget? A girl with a fat ass who's got a huge following, or a girl with a decent fat following, but her branding everything is together, and they know if they hand her that money, that she's gonna flip it. Yep. Girls need to start getting together instead of just being instead of being fans and groupies of the zero seventy you know groups or the you know ASAP you know the ASAP crews whatever and build their own ladyhood not just your, your girl click in high school but your actual like yo I know my homegirl she makes dope beats I know that I understand the business I know that you know other homegirls getting social media mo- yeah my she's a dope singer she's a dope rapper and then build their own click the problem is. It's, remember, if you look, it's always first ladies of something instead of a group of ladies that build their brand. Because in person, when you get into the labels, mad girls running things anyway. So why can't this? Not that it's not happening. Exactly. We're getting there. We're smart. We know what we're doing. It's just, you know. I just take, yeah. I just take I people just, to listen. <laughs> Yeah, I just feel like if we, if, if a lot of girls start stepping... Oh, that's what I was trying to say earlier. If girls start stepping in their truth and know who they are, they're going to edge out. And, and I'm not throwing shade. I'm not saying no. no. Not it, it, it's, it's, it's a world. Like Marilyn Monroe... We want to see you grow. Yeah, and... Marilyn Monroe wasn't, wasn't an idiot. She used what she had she because... She knew what she was doing. She, yeah. Don't, she manipulated every piece. Regardless of that worked out for her in, in the tragic end, she manipulated every piece to get where she was going. 
But I'm saying that it's just that when women really start getting together and be like and building their business and brand and they know what they're doing, there's not gonna be any room. You're not gonna have to feel like, well, the only way I'm gonna be noticed is if I get butter implants. <laughs> I want other shit to be like, yo, the only way I, I'm gonna be noticed if I don't take this class at this community college, so I know what the hell I'm doing. Gotcha. Yes, that was totally my last agree. So. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you once again, The Ambition 1706. Don't forget to listen to Chase the Crown on Spotify. Follow yes. him on Instagram at the underscore ambition underscore 1706. And this downtown, thank you and have a great week. Bye, everybody. About to go downtown.